Let us do this. Hello and welcome everybody. It's another episode of the Overclock Podcast, South Africa's most high-octane tech podcast and even more high-octane today because today we bring the (laughs) clock back, Gavin. Five minutes a segment. Yeah, no, man. I don't want people blathering on. Let's get to the point. We are under time pressure because Gavin has some fancy do to go to. Not at all. I sound so old when I say do. (laughs) (laughs) You're right, do. So let's just dive into it. Right, go ahead. Uh, putting five minutes on the clock. Oh, oh, I can't find the clock now because I've updated my phone to the Android 9 um, Samsung One UI update and now everything kind of looks weird. Yes. And I can't get where I need to. Oh, okay, there we go. He okay. wrote about that in Tech Magazine, all about what's great about Android 9, what's dodgy and so on. An interesting story, a good read if you don't feel like finding out the hard way or if you're not getting Android 9 on your phone, you can just read Tech Magazine. Find out what you missed. And let's go, Gavin. Mm. So, people are not playing Fortnite as much as they used to. Yeah, I mean, you can understand. I mean, gosh, it had like a massive surge. That I mean, it's hard to even understand how big and how quickly Fortnite took off, even after PUBG was really big. If you go and check Wikipedia for massive games, you'll see how big those games got and how quickly. Um, and then it took over and suddenly every game had to have a battle royale mode but they saturated the market and now it's no longer as cool and hip as it was a year ago you know um but there have been a couple of factors there are a couple of uh, gaming analysts who, who look at it as seriously as a serious business they're not enthusiasts on games yeah. they're just about the numbers and they're starting to revise their forecasts for the gaming industry in general this is an industry that's probably going to hit a hundred billion dollars dollars uh, this year and they're revising their forecasts a bit and one of the things that's driving that is that we haven't seen any new console games for a very very long time um another console games new consoles yes. hardware for a long time you know um playstation and xbox have just been doing iterations of stuff they've already done nothing particularly breakthrough and um I think the nature of the R&D that goes to consoles means that, you know, it takes them sure, five, six, seven years to recoup their, their kind of expenses on those things. So, so one of the drivers for why we might be revising game figures downwards is no new consoles for quite a few years on the trot now. Um, okay, I, I, have, I, have, I have a two cents. I have yes. a two cents to add to your collection point mm-hmm. <laughs> about this whole no new consoles thing. Yeah. Are people really buying consoles as much as they used to? I do not understand why you would buy a console. So, in my mind, in the next five years, we are going to see the convergence of the PC and the console. We saw attempts to do this, yes. where you could actually get a kind of a computer interface on your console, yes. and then you could stream the games from the console to the PC, and from the PC to the console, and you know, play in this way. And so we saw these. You mean Microsoft's from... entire business model right now? Yes, okay, <laughs> but I mean it makes it makes a lot of sense. After all, the console's just a hyped up PC, really, yes. you know. So, um, uh, so what was my point? My point was, uh, I think PC gaming and console gaming is going to converge at some point, but there is still a big difference. I think the console is still what I would call a casual gamer. It's a pick up and play, you know. You don't want to be tinkering and fiddling and so on. You just want to play and you get consistent performance because the game is now engineered for optimal performance on the platform. The PCs, of course, is all the tweaking and technical stuff going on in the background. I have another take as we're getting into our two-minute warning. My my take is this. So consoles, I think Microsoft was right. I think Xbox becoming like this multimedia set-top box situation was the great idea. 
I think they were premature in killing off um, Kainek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think Kainek okay. and those whole AR sort of situations have become more and more important now. Yeah. Um, I think VR is not doing what they thought it would do. Yeah, it, has, it hasn't got to where it should be. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm concerned that there are too many constraints that are going to continue to prevent it getting to where it needs to be. And I think right now they the console makers are just trying to see who wins the battle of the new age graphics technology so is it going to be nvidia with their ray tracing stuff is it going to be amd with right whatever the their hell they're stuff. doing yeah 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 because yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I i listened to that keynote at ces <laughs> and i still don't understand what they like i know more about ray tracing technology yeah. than i do <laughs> yeah okay but it's, it's absolutely mind-numbing and actually the, the tech that underlies the photorealism that we yes. get out of games is absolutely mind-blowing. And again, it's a classic case of where money can be poured into R&D as long as mm. you know, you're extracting the money from the consumers at the other end. You know? so, and everybody's mm. making media now and games are, have proven to be mass media in terms of like 10 poll games. So Fortnite was just a thing. Yeah. No one knew it would overtake PUBG. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it opened up a lot of people's eyes to the fact that people just want to play where they are. Okay, well, you, They want to play on the device that they have. They okay. want to play on their phone. They want to... Here's another statistic. Gamers. 30 seconds. Sum you're, it up. Gamers, you're not as important as you thought you were. Turns out, more than 50% of the spend on gaming this year will come from what we would call very casual and occasional gamers playing on their phones, or even people who play seriously on their phones. These yes. are not people who are spending thousands of rands on graphics cards, thousands of rands on new titles and so on. These well, are people I, with incremental spend. I will say that the the constant surge of Twitch, I okay. mean, there was a guy who fell asleep <laughs> the last night or the night before, uh -huh. and he's he woke up to like 200,000 viewers who were just <laughs> commenting on every single sound he was making me sleep okay um, yeah so i think there is a market for that but it's becoming more like a voyeuristic sort of situation yes. i i think what's what's below the surface and what not what's not obvious is the amount of gaming revenue coming in from the casual phone gamer. yeah yeah cool and let's move on kevin ah bringing back the how-to it's been it's been it's been a, a fun start to 2019 so far sure i've been sure. swamped with way too much work for the come out fries Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Let's get five minutes on the clock. Yeah. Um, and there's been a lot of photo-worthy situations that I found myself in. And I was just thinking about it, like actually driving through to town to come chat with you now. Like a lot of people will be buying new phones and they've been wanting to... Uh, cameras are a big selling point for phones nowadays. Yeah. And people should be able That'd to get the most out of their, their devices that they can. Yes, okay. Okay. You have so, a couple of tips, Gavin, just well, off the top of your head. My first tip, which is the most obvious, and, and somehow people still manage to not get this right, is stand bloody still when you're taking the picture. Mm. People press the button and then they put the phone down or they put the phone in their pocket. The today's sensors and software actually need to read your situation, especially if you're on a mid-range phone or mm. something that's not top-end. It takes in a huge amount of information to get you the best possible picture. But in order to do that, you need to give it a couple of seconds to read your scene, optimize itself, and take the picture. You can't press the button and move. So even if you only miss by a fraction of a second, it introduces blur into the picture. So press the button, give it a second to take the picture, take a second picture if you need to. So that's my first tip. The second tip, and I see this a lot with maybe older folks who are used yeah. to using, using proper cameras, you need to tap on the screen to tell the phone 
how you wanted to focus, how you wanted to measure. Mm. So tap on the area of the of the fur of the picture that you you need to be optimized for quality, and the phone will then organize its intelligence around that and try and optimize for that area that you've identified, whether it's on someone's face or whether it's on the mountain in the background or whatever it is. Give the, the camera a chance to figure out what you're trying to do by tapping. Yeah, 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 you definitely have to give it some hints. Uh, mine are a bit more practical. Mm -hmm. um, go into your smartphone camera app, go to settings, go to resolution or picture size or something, and pick the highest resolution that your primary sensor can afford you. So if it's like 12 megapixels, go to 12 megapixels. If it's a four x three crop, that's that's what you use. You using. sure you wanna do that? You wanna take the maximum quality every time? You wanna take the maximum quality every single time. Because mm. everything else is compromising what the thing is meant to do. But then- <clears throat> I don't do that, man. Huawei, Huawei does a weird little riff on this, um, with the, especially with the P20 Pro and the Mate 20 Pro. With those top, 40, top, top end cameras yeah. that you probably can't afford. With those 40 megapixel sensors, there you want to leave it in auto and that drops it down to 10 megapixels actually. So that's like the one place where you don't crank up the res as high as you can. Okay. Everywhere else you crank that res up to its, its biggest, its maximum possible. So you okay. can get the most data onto your sensor. Then I like to, just for composition, a little bit of cheating. I mean, there's a you can Google a thing called the rule of thirds. Um, so you go to I think it, it will probably be called in the settings grids or something, and you choose the nine grid, which will give you the lines across draws, your draws lines across your viewfinder. Yeah, yeah. And then you try and just play around with positioning the subject of your photo, maybe on the vertical lines and like give it space to, to tell a, a better story. So, so align the key subject of your picture with yes. one of the vertical lines? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And if you want to do something like center, if you want to center, center your subject, make sure there's something interesting like leading lines maybe on a road, day in the middle of the road. Okay. And like a, a good tip is always if you're shooting people from behind, if you can't see their face, go low. Okay. If you're shooting their face, go high. So camera up, chin down. Right. Damn. Okay. Well, this is, this is why Lindsay takes his pictures with a Huawei P P20. Uh, P20. I sold my P20, and, and I, I am take now my pictures with whatever the hell I've got in my pocket. Okay. And why I turn my pictures down to five megapixel because it's just practical for me. I take pictures of bumper stickers. You know, he takes like art. He's making art with his phone. I'm not making art with my phone. You know. I, I like to, I like to tell stories. I mean, I'm a storyteller sure. by, by Lindsay's by pictures profession. are spectacularly good, and mine are very functional. Sharpshooters on Instagram. Oh, um, Gavin. Fifty seconds. Mm. Anything else you want to tell our wonderful listeners about taking pictures on your mobile phone? Mm, um, 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 the pro mode might go over your head for most people, but you can yeah. you can trust in the auto mode if you use the function called HDR, high dynamic range. Yes that really slows the camera down. It needs to think a whole lot more about what it's doing. If used correctly, it'll get you your best possible picture. But there's definitely a case of where, after you've pressed the shutter button, you really need to let it think about what it's doing. It could take three or four seconds even to take that picture. Yeah, and the other, the other last thing for me, um, just take a lot of pictures, because the sure. best, like it can only become a really useful tool if you know how to use it sure. and how it responds in different situations agreed familiarize yourself with your tools cool that's it wow we finished that one on the buzzer okay catching <sighs> okay wait let's just stuff some food in so gavin yes oh, are you starting already well i know <laughs> <laughs>
pausing is not an option, Gavin. All oh, right. This is the. This is the. This is. Yeah. We we on the clock here. We're running mm. the clock. We're running the clock. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of news going about. Uh, obviously, new phones are coming out uh, in less than a month's time. Mm. Galaxy S10 leading mm. the bunch. Mm. Uh, I sent my save the date by RSVP. Mm. Yes. Uh, so we'll probably be watching the live stream like everybody else, but yeah, from yeah. a fancy restaurant in Joburg. Okay. Um, what do we know about the, 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 the Samsung S10 so far, man? Well, I do feel for these guys, you know, they're under so much pressure to break through some technological barriers and it's really hard. A lot of the, the stuff they improve in these phones from iteration to iteration is not visible to your average consumer. They're improving the power consumption, they're improving all these little things that go completely unnoticed by the average phone user who's only interested in the camera or mm. you know something like that. So I believe there will be a lot of um, under the bonnet, kind of under the skin engineering improvements that they might not even tell us about, but I think it will be optimized. Um, I'm hoping we'll get better battery life, um, almost certainly. I think face scanning is a, is, a, is a given at this point. And I think the only rumor I've picked up is that they will have an under the screen fingerprint sensor with a very large area. So, yes. Um, it won't be like I had this problem, in fact, with the, with the Huawei, where my, you know, it's not obvious where to put your finger on the screen, so you have to kind of, you know, figure out where the spot is. Maybe if the area was a bit bigger, I don't know. I don't even know how they increase the surface area for something like that. Uh, you just make like the actual sensor bigger. Bigger, yeah, I know, but that's difficult to do when it's under a screen. It's sharing mm. space with something. Yeah, other I, things. I mean, we we're in like pretty much the third generation of these things now. Yeah. Of these of these under screen fingerprint sensors, I'm not a big fan of them to be honest. Uh, they they introduce it's effectively just taking a picture mm -hmm. of your your finger and any sort of distortion just will not allow you to unlock your phone. Mm. I'm not a big fan of that. I'm not a big fan of this trend for like the zero bezel phone. No, me neither. Where, where are you going to hold the phone? Where, oh, where are you going to hold your phone? Man, this is one of my pet peeves. And S10 is looking like it's going to have the hole punch camera. So it's just like a little, just a little hole for the front facing camera so in no, the, one of the top corners of the screen. No notch, just a little hole. Yeah, they're, they're talking about five variants of the S10, one okay. of them being the foldable one. Mm. Um, yeah, the, the Samsung... Did you say five variants? Yeah, five variants. It's like oh, a light gracious. version and a okay. normal version and All a right. plus version of two right. front-facing okay, cameras right. okay. and a foldable one okay. and like a special gaming. I don't know, man. It's mm. all over the place it's right gracious. now. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's but it, it will it will almost certainly lead the market for a, for a while there, so yeah. it doesn't blow up. But but mm. interestingly, um, a lot of the benchmarks have been coming out um, now, and Samsung have taken leaps and bounds, but they're only averaging the same with Qualcomm. Um, with the new chips, only about six percent performance gains over. Oh, but the battery gains so are, are interesting with with these new, because I think they're not going to seven nanometer. They are going okay. to I forget what size. But I okay. mean, if the process is. Let's remember that the screen consumes more than sixty percent of all the power in the phone. Okay. Yeah. So if you're going to make the screen bigger all the time or more and more sophisticated, it becomes very hard to also get battery savings at the same time. So to get any improvement on battery while you're increasing the screen is quite technologically very impressive mm. yeah but the, the other thing actually now that you mentioned that with with the the uh, two minute warning mm. with the android 9 update mm. for the samsung yeah, yeah, galaxy yeah. note 9 i've experienced at least a 15 percent increase in battery endurance okay this is now when you updated your note your notes yeah my note 9, nine right? yeah to, okay, an, to android, android 9 and that's right. just google's um 
adaptive battery management that they're yes. running in the background. It's almost like an artificial intelligence. It figures yeah. out what apps you're using, how much you're using them, and then it scales down how much power it allocates to those things. Yeah, and mm. it just dynamically manages your background tasks as well. So you like have things yeah. running in the background, like so, maybe Google Maps pulling down location. I mean, or, to me, this is true innovation. If we cannot get the battery itself, we cannot improve the, the technology in the battery itself. Yeah. All the other things we've done to get ourselves better battery life is very impressive to me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I must say the bezel thing gets on my bloody nerves. Every time you pick up the phone, you're touching something. There's nowhere to grip the phone. There's nowhere to touch. Nowhere you can touch where you're not setting off some kind of something on the phone. So um, the bezel thing, I'm really over it. Well over it. Mm. Um, yeah, Gavin. Online publishing, BuzzFeed have just laid off a whole bunch of people. Well, you just jumped subject there very quickly. <laughs> okay, do we run out of time? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yes, BuzzFeed well, laid off. Yeah. What's your, it's very scary to me as someone who's trying to start up an online news Ooh, platform yes, right yes. now. Mm. Um, people are people just not consuming news anymore. Are advertisers not getting behind. No, I I don't know. I mean, a lot, a lot. There's been a lot of analysis going on. I think. People have struggled to scale up the online content operations to be as profitable as print operations once were. And in many respects, they, you know, many of these online operations had started developing the hubris that they would be as big as as a, as a print news operation had once been, without realizing they would always have to be leaner. Maybe they didn't get that memo. Um, so they scaled up and scaled up. I mean, BuzzFeed had a a whole division just to create quizzes and things, mm. you know, and then they discovered that could be automated, you know, yeah. or there were people who were free, but happy to do that for free. So, you know, there is like a, a way of squandering resources that's completely inappropriate. On the flip side, we we do see companies succeeding with things like paywalls and paid for subscriptions to online mm. content. And frankly, I'm on the verge of signing up for paid for online content. I'm thinking maybe I only need five or six good credible sources yeah and that will satisfy me you know you then a couple of, own media experience. yeah and a couple of free bits and pieces in between but you know I would pay for the economist let's say or yeah. two or three others you know so um, I can see that paid for content might have more legs in the end than all this abundance of free content all of the dubious quality I'm not calling BuzzFeed dubious quality but there's so many no, BuzzFeed news content BuzzFeed news are really really yes, good, that's a good resource. Yeah, it's, yeah, a, yeah. it's a shame that so many of the job cuts came from that yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. but, but I guess like the, the, the Trump economy yeah, has, that's, that, the, that's, that's a the part of the economy in, in the US is called. Definitely a part of it, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I, I'd be interested to see how South African companies, in particular the, you know, the 80,000 pound gorilla in the room, which is um, Media24, how their 24.com operations get scaled. Yeah, I, in think, the, they, in the I think they're term. making big business um, in the, the network feed and printer, the Afrikaans offering, which is a paywall situation. Okay, there's only so many Afrikaans speakers in the country, though. You can't but that, scale but that, that in. That's infinitely. a niche market, and they've pretty much got that locked down now. Okay, um, okay. I think they're making big moves with Business Insider. I know they've just closed Huffington Post, South Africa. Yes, yes, yes. Um, that, the Huffington Post is laying off people all over the world. I think Business Insider is doing a lot for them, but I think the biggest problem is they have too many competing platforms so like what's the yeah. difference between what's it fin 24 yeah and their tech coverage yeah. the tech business coverage and the business inside i can i can honestly say i do not use a single um 24.com property unless you want to kind of take a lot I mean, you know. 
I mean, I so, do you, so you don't go on to News 24? No, I don't. Oh, wow. That's the thing. That's incredible. I mean, I, I get my news, uh, presumably in Google News, it might suck in the occasional yeah. News 24 article. But now, when I actually go there because I want to find something, I get hit with the paywall thing and things are not free and, you know, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And then I just walk right away because I can get that anywhere else. But the incredible thing, like Baxter Priya, for instance, yeah. a renowned yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, analyst, he's out. He yeah. stopped his column yesterday. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and, and he's going to be starting up a new thing because I tweeted him and I was yeah. like, oh, you're such an inspiration. You got yeah, 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 yeah. Tell mm. stories and he hit me back and he was like, yeah, I'm not going to be resting. I'm going to be yeah, launching yeah. something soon. Yes, that's what I so, heard. Good yeah. on him, good on him. We'll see how this plays out in South Africa. I, myself, am not averse to paying my ISP, perhaps, yeah. to supply me with a feed of yeah. multiple sources of some kind. I would find it a lot more challenging paying 24.com directly just because I have such a knee-jerk reaction, you know, to their, their mm. history and stuff, which is um, uh, very checkered, shall we say. But I'm, I'm and gonna, I consider them to be pandering to the lowest common denominators in society. Yeah, I'm definitely. Over, the, over that. Yeah. I, I, mm. I'm, I'm going to put my neck out here and end this on a, on a yes. quite serious yes. note where it's like... It's time for people to start supporting independent content creators. Okay, no, they, no, 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 no. I enjoy. You. I'm with you. Because, like people, like me, for instance, we we break ourselves to try and get important stories, important analysis out there to contextualize the world uh -huh. mm -hmm. for the ordinary person who doesn't have the time mm -hmm. or inclination to go and find these facts. Yeah. Okay. Um, and yeah, these people, like myself, should be supported. Like, if you like what people are doing, um, yeah. you should be, be paying them. A little See, bit but what, what worries going. me though is that your average media consumer can barely distinguish between yourself mm. and the average jackass kind of content creator yeah. out there who's busy, I don't know, throwing buckets of water over his friends or something like that. You know, it's just mm. uh, average media consumer ends up spending more on entertainment than they do on yeah. content, and that concerns and me. And that's deeply. the other thing, like mm. especially like with the surge of piracy that we used to have. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's still ongoing. I mean, yeah. that's a given now that people are watching series but mm. when they no, not not that many people have netflix accounts i'm sorry yeah people yeah, are downloading it's sort of quite elitist, yeah. Yeah. people and are sharing downloading stuff it in the office and sharing yeah. things yeah sharing files to, to peers but my thing like especially with the spider-man movie where i'm now looking for a, a downloaded file that mm -hmm. i can show my son before but i have pre-ordered it on itunes okay i've watched it three times in the cinema okay I've spent money on it i voted with my ranch to say i want right. more of this content okay and that is the only power that consumers have we need to send our money to the things that we really support and we need yes. to tell these big corporations like listen this is what we want okay. don't give me what you think i want Okay, 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 interesting, interesting. I think that's probably another version of my argument, which is I'll pay for stuff that I really, really want. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Cool. All Kevin. right. Good one. Yeah, this, this was this. Yeah, this, this. Now, let's, let's not be remiss in telling our fans where they can hit us up if they have ideas for topics they'd like us to cover, etc. Um, you can find me on Twitter. Yes. I'm Sharpshooters, S-H-A-R-P-S-C-H-U-T-T-E-R-S. -E you might just spell it one more time, please. <laughs> um, it's sharp, as in the word sharp, and then Shooters, S-C-H-U-T-T-E-R-S. Um, I'm Sharpshooters across all of my social media platforms, and you can contact me through my website, which is thatopinionguy.co.za as well. I don't do social media, and if you'd like to know why I don't do social media, you can actually send me an email. You can send me an email to gavin.dudley, D-U-D-L-E-Y, gavin.dudley, at gmail.com. They have given you my main address. 
Okay. All Someone's five gonna of open you a bond in your name, man. Yeah, yeah. Do it. Do it. <laughs> cool. And that's 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 it for this week. Over and out. Bye. And this is another attempt at the 25th episode of the Overclock Podcast. If you didn't know, dear listener, I am sitting in my office at home, working on things. And Gavin is at work, and we tried doing this like in first world ways, and it didn't quite work out. How are you doing today, Gavin? I am okay, thank you. I'd rather be sitting at home like you, but hey, it's all good. <laughs> we, we, you have to serve the man, bro. You have to serve the man. Someone has to do it, and it's you. Yeah, 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 absolutely. We all get our turn to serve the man, but we mustn't lose sight of, you know, a life without the man. Which, I mean, <laughs> it's an interesting one of, one of our topics of conversation uh, that comes up later is about the drop-off in cell phone sales, and we should consider if that has any bearing on on general social, uh, I don't know, social backlash against consumerism. But we, we'll, we'll get to that later. Yes, yes, we will. Straight off the bat, this is being streamed cost um i don't know like is there a new age way of saying i'm actually have you on speakerphone on the lg v40 anyway i've got mm. gavin on speakerphone old school style recording it with a microphone we both are playing with a v40 for a little bit it's a phenomenal phone i like it i'm a big lg fan but i don't think it does enough to play to the masses yeah, I mean, I mean, it almost feels like a losing tactic to be trumpeting that you have an, an extra phone, an extra camera on your phone. I mean, it's like, you know, you can just see people doing the shrug, you know, like, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, which is unfortunate because actually, I mean, LG's flagship phones are superb. They are my phone of choice. I have no qualms with saying that they always have been. Um, Ever since the uh, the G2, which yeah. was its breakthrough phone in the super phone, you know, states that's like ooh, seven, eight years ago, I think. Um, you know, LG's always been my phone of choice. It's the only phone I buy for my kids. It's the only phone that survives their lifestyle. I think their tech is great. I think it's understated. All that sort of thing. It just doesn't create the kind of splash in the marketplace that consumers need to to get your product to rise above the you know the noise yeah but the, the, so, like the, the hallmarks of lg flagship devices are always like very subtle so it's like got the what's it the the mill spec um transit certification so it's like supposed to be a little bit tougher than other phones and then it has yeah like this amazing um wired headset situation with the quad deck and everything and no one cares and, and yeah, then it, yeah. it has like amazing microphones and like the boombox speaker is is actually quite a phenomenal thing I, I did a little instagram story yesterday of just doing it on a hard drive enclosure actually and you could hear the the the, the bass and like all the music that like instruments and stuff yeah it was, it was quite cool uh, yeah, it's, it's just a yeah. little bit too subtle and they don't shout loud enough about it yeah that's the thing it's like um, yeah, I'm trying to think of the equivalent in the car world. You know, there's you know, there are cars out there that do everything the Mercedes and the BMW does, but you know they just don't make a big noise about it. You know, um, um, 
Um, I, I really like the LG mid-range offerings. I do find they really do outlast everything else in the mid-range, and that's like my real-world tests over decades, you know. Um, okay. And, and like you say, the, the high-end stuff, it does everything all the others do, but it doesn't make a big fuss out of it, and it just kind of quietly gets onto the job, and I definitely find them more durable. It is unfortunate that the, the one clear differentiator would have been on music and sound reproduction, which matters not at all as soon as you move to Bluetooth headphones because none of those technologies come into play yeah. because the music's getting decoded on the headphones, not on the phone. So it's unfortunate that the one very clear differentiator is, is less and less relevant these days. Yeah. But then, then even even before you get to Bluetooth, like what 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 are people listening to nowadays? They all listening to highly compromised streaming audio. <laughs> <laughs> already, already, yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, I, I set all my stuff to download. If I cache it on my phone to download to offline use, I set it to highest quality on Wi-Fi, and I do all right. that stuff. But still, I don't think I'm getting like proper high-res audio that's really taking advantage. And I, I don't no, have I mean, a four, five thousand rand pair of headphones to really appreciate it on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as soon as you move to MP3 in the first place, I don't know. I don't know if Spotify packs its stuff down on MP3. But as soon as you move to MP3, your sound quality is already heavily compromised. So I don't know. So I mean, LG. I really do hope. I, I know they've got a big marketing campaign in the pipeline to to try and pique some interest, try and give themselves the sort of identity that they've lacked. The kind of thing that Huawei and Samsung have done particularly well. Yeah. I I really think. It's important for us to have as many strong players in the market as possible. Um, uh, for example, in the operating system market, you know, there's the Apple world and then there's the Android world, and it would be so great to have a third player or even a fourth player because they really push each other and they innovate off each other and so on. So the fewer phone manufacturers we have, I think, uh, or the fewer leading phone manufacturers we have, I think the less innovation we'll see. So. I certainly hope that OG continues to innovate in the, in the phone space. Um, yeah. Unlike Sony, I mean, Sony recently pulled out of South Africa, pulled its phones out of South Africa altogether, which can't be a good sign. I mean, I would hate to see them drop, you know, their phone range entirely. I can't see it happening. Yeah, bizarrely, my, my sister was actually a big loser in that. She's a big Sony fan, ordered an XA1 on a contract upgrade, and Vodacom just, like, cancelled the order and never told her. <laughs> yeah, actually, okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, LG as well, they're struggling because they haven't to live off the crumbs of what Apple and Samsung drop off the table, and now increasingly Huawei, you know, yeah. so uh, fewer and fewer crumbs, really, yeah. Yeah, so things that stand out for me, um, I have the G7, I love the V30, played with it for a very, very long time. Um, they fixed their screen issues, like this is a very high-quality OLED, it's still not as good as what you're getting yeah. on Samsung. But but they they fixed it. Their their color calibration, like come on, it's 2019. You should be doing that in the factory. Yeah, there should sure, be an sRGB sure setting, um, that's like just neutral, um, and they they're not delivering. You have to play around with the settings quite a bit to to get the screen. At least I had to to get the screen to what I liked. Um, yeah. And then the camera. I had the kids out at the beach yesterday. Um, we're recording this on Friday the eighth of February. Um, right. Thursday the 7th February was also the launch date for the V40 in our market um, at the yeah. very very reasonable price of 12,500 Rand anyway um, it was a 38 degree day had the kids out on the beach 
snapping away some pictures and i was like you know what this is a slam dunk it's like 4 5 p.m um the light is nice and soft it's beautiful everyone's on the beach like getting good contrast slam dunk i get home and i probably had two pictures i could maybe post on instagram directly <laughs> Okay, that's not great. No, it's okay. not great. But yeah, Aussie's always been like, like they've improved the, the they've they've reached parity now with their competition in terms of sensor size and pixel size. So they're getting like the right. raw quality is there. But their processing has always been like very old school. So they make their JPEGs in a very very old school bracketing way. Um, HDR yeah, is also I mean, so it it it's better for you to edit afterwards. But if you're looking for yeah. like that amazing shot straight out of camera directly to Instagram that you're not going to get it on an LG. Yeah, I'm concerned that that speaks directly to the deep pockets that you have for R&D. You know, yeah. uh, we now know that the picture quality has come down to more software than hardware. Since, you know, there's little to differentiate between the hardware these days. A yeah. lot more has come down to the software processing. And if you don't have the deep pockets and you're not pouring money into it, you know, you can't expect to keep up with the likes of Samsung and Apple. So, and I mean, even a Huawei has been pouring money into that particular yeah. aspect of the phone. Maybe, maybe LG is not in the position to do that. I don't know. Yeah, but it's interesting. Yeah. It's an interesting uh, dilemma for them because, like, I prefer a camera that's going to meter correctly for where I'm trying to focus. So I like mm. contrasty pictures. I I like. Um, not as saturated colors i i like preserving shadows because like that's what i actually want to achieve in the picture i like shooting silhouettes and with this current trend of ai processing it takes away all of that where like everything looks like it's been stage lit (laughs) okay that's not great i mean i mean i hate to admit it but maybe that's what makes me an lg fanboy is that the camera has never been the big driver for me in a phone for me longevity and robustness has been the key driver, not the camera. Whereas I know for you, camera is a far bigger deal than this for me. So, yeah. And battery know, maybe, life. Maybe and battery life in this has be. been a bit, I don't know what your experience has been, but mine has been a bit wishy-washy. First day was great. And yesterday, because of the heat, obviously there was a big fall-off. But today, I didn't right. really drive it hard. And wow, getting like maybe four hours of screen on time. Whoa, okay, that's no good. Okay, oh my goodness, okay, that's complicated. But you know, it's hard to assess. You, you, can't, you can't make a call out about stuff like that because there's so many different things going on. We don't know what apps you're yeah. running. We don't know how your screen brightness was. We don't know what you were shooting, where, when, how, what you were playing, what volume. You know, so it's hard to kind of judge empirically the battery life stuff, you know. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. But moving on, we okay. spent a lot of time yes. on that. Um, <laughs> In, in in this wonderful world of phones that are constantly trying to interrupt us, Gavin, how do yeah. our listeners better control and manage their notifications? Ah, okay. Now, I mean, I like to just turn all my notifications off as a default and then turn them on selectively. Okay. Like, you know, WhatsApp, what unfortunately, because, you know, I've kind of got a complex family logistical stuff with children and wife and whatever, you know, you can't like afford to ignore your WhatsApps. Um, but I, what I find, and I think I'm speaking under correction here, I'm finding this on the Samsung Note 9 that I'm using and an LG that I used before this, is that all of the notifications are turned on by default. Yes. And it isn't a single kill switch for a whole lot of them. You actually have to go and turn each one off uh, by yourself. 
Yeah. You know, which is in some cases is 30, 40 switches, you know. So I don't know, I speak under collection, but I think that's what I experienced on my last two phones. Yeah. Which means it might be an Android 9 thing. What is your, what is your experience there? Um, yeah, like the, the, the Chinese vendors are always very aggressive in telling you exactly what's going on in the background and then just killing it like indiscriminately but still serving you persistent notifications and i think google has adopted a lot of that into um from android oreo so android 8 um, and then into 9 as well they doubled down on it where especially with apps like fitbit where it's a constantly connected app and it's using battery in the background and i know this like this is the trade-off that i make and the phone right. still finds that it needs to keep telling me like hey fitbit's running in the background and using battery bro and then, like, you go, <laughs> you can't turn that thing off unless you turn all of those notifications off, which is then a problem when you do have a rogue app, and then you never, like, spot it. Okay, my, yes, I hear you. My, I mean, related to that, my pet, my new pet hate, and I think, this, again, is not true of all phones. I think I've only experienced this on some phones. When a WhatsApp comes in, or an SMS comes in, or an email, or any notification, a little mini shade drops down. It's like a half an inch mm -hmm. drops down from the top of the phone. And it always obscures something you're trying to read or do, and it always hangs around for just half a second longer than you want it to be there, you know? Bloody visual notifications. Yeah. Now you're dealing with LED lights that are flashing on the face. You're dealing with audio interruptions. Now you're dealing with the shade that comes down in the middle of what you're doing. You know, it's just intrusive as hell. And I can't believe that they're forcing you to go and turn all the stuff off manually. And I, I don't know if it's just not intelligently picking the right notifications or something. I don't know. I mean, there's a good case for AI. It should work out who are your important contacts, what are your important topics, you know, and then, you know, figure out your notifications on that basis, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But one, one thing I, I can't fault um, the Android manufacturers on in their skins, their Android skins is like those little bubbles um, that appear on the icons on on the screen. Um, right. So so you can limit all the notifications coming down your 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 notification shade. Um, so turning okay. them off by default, but then having those little bubbles or those little counters is also a great way just to to bring some some order into your life. So then um, from sure. Android Oreo and Android Nine you can like long press the icon and it will give a little window little text bubble effectively where you can see yeah. what the notification was and then interact with it through there so like it's getting a bit granular okay. like going app for app but at least on your home screen and your apps that are on your home screen are the apps that you care about most of the time so yeah having you using those those badges are, are a great way to manage it Okay, so what you're saying is you do find that the little bubble with the number of unread messages is valuable, as do I, because it's a thing you can see at a glance. Yes. You know, you take it in at a glance and it's unobtrusive, let's say. Yeah. Except, of course, for making you very unhappy about how much email you've got or whatever, <laughs> which can be disturbing in itself. <laughs> no, you, and, you uh, and me both, we are both email bankrupt. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, email bankrupt. So, so you, can, you can see the numbers at a glance and then a press and hold yeah. will show you what recent notifications. Yes, yes. It's especially and, helpful and for apps like Facebook. Okay. Where I just turn off the notification going through the notification shade and I only interact with notifications through, through those long holds on that app. 
Okay, okay. So is this an Android 9 feature? Um, it this? came in with Android 8 already. Oh, I see. Okay, I, I know there's a little bubble, yes, but they're interacting with... Uh, okay. Yeah. You say came in Android 8. Okay, I don't remember. Sure. Apple, Apple okay. did it well with um, 3D Touch on the iPhone 6S. Um, right. And correct. then, uh, then Google kind of copied it. <laughs> okay. So, um, so, so, what is our, our baseline recommendation to the listener? Turn off notifications going into your notification shade. Okay, turn them. Okay, turn them all off, and then selectively turn on what you want. Yes. Um, okay. And failing that, like just at least keep the app badges on. Right. Yeah. So just to to okay. remove the clutter, because I mean we 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 faced with all these things that are shouting for our time, like every single day. Yep. Yep. Yeah. No. Oh, and get a smartwatch as and well. And my advice. Oh, get a smartwatch. Okay, oh gosh, more tech. Yeah, here's the thing that has to be charged every single day. And it vibrates on your wrist now and not on your phone anymore. Uh, Yeah, so you can be like hassled continuously. Exactly. Um, But my advice, my advice is everybody moans about the notifications. Take, take notifications is just take a few minutes to take this irritation out of your life. It's one level deep in your settings. Take the five minutes to do that. And moving on. Yeah. Um, I think I think the last thing we wanted to talk about is the relationship between Spotify and podcasts, yes, and yes. for that matter, you know how how that's shaping up in the market. So, I mean, I was fascinated here that Spotify A has just become profitable, which is fantastic, it's highly profitable. But it means that its business model has actually panned out and it is viable, yeah. and that it's moving into uh, podcasts. It's uh, Bought the Gimlet network. Gimlet's famous for quite a few things, including was it um, Reply All? Uh, yeah, 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 and, um, and, and a whole lot of other things. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I dig Science Versus as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's a premium podcast network, very hip, and also the Anchor.fm uh, podcasting app, which we make extensive use of, that, that Lindsay's used for a while, but I'm still getting to grips with. But it really is the business. And so both those entities have been bought by Spotify, and there's now a lot of speculation about how Spotify will surface these podcasts in its content offering, you know. Yes, because be finding to, podcasts on Spotify job? is a hell yeah. on wheels right now. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, because there's already so much going on on Spotify. There's your, your personal library of stuff you want to listen to. Then it's all the stuff it keeps suggesting you could listen to. You know, and then there's new stuff that keeps coming out that it also keeps letting you know about. And on yeah. top of that, the podcast. You know? <laughs> so, um, but I mean, I mean, if you wanted instant access to a massive network of users, you know, Spotify would be the way to go. So we're quite keen to turn up on Spotify pretty soon. We are so on if Spotify. You're a Spotify user, look out for us. We'll be there shortly. We are on Spotify already. Already? Oh my Ooh. goodness, I wasn't even aware. The beauty, okay. the beauty of Anchor. Like, they've played nice with yeah. all of the services, and like you, you publish right. once and you publish across all of them, which is great. Yeah, now, normally, I mean, if, if you've ever thought about podcasting, to, to get your podcast found, you sometimes have to fill in a whole bunch of forms with each one of the different podcast search yeah. engines of which the most onerous by far is Apple. But if you use a service like Anchor FM, not only does it produce your podcast for you, it also publishes you onto all the relevant networks. So that's really what you're saying, yeah? 
Yeah, 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 definitely. And yeah, R.I.P. traditional radio, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, one day, one day, traditional radio is going to be a novelty like vinyl. You know, like, oh, let's listen to the radio for an hour, darling. Yes, let's. <laughs> but, <laughs> you'll have friends around. You'll have some friends around to listen to the radio. <laughs> no, but but that that's the only circum. That's only the only situation that you can actually still listen to the the, the actual radio. Like we do it at home a lot. Right. Where I love podcasts. I have a listen list as long as my arm that I never yeah, get on yeah. top of. Um, right. Like there's always there's constantly something I can listen to, but it's not something you can enjoy with other people. It's a very very insular um, yeah little thing that you do because my yeah, wife I mean, doesn't dig my things. <laughs> I, heard, I heard a funny story. Uh, one of South Africa's most preeminent tech podcasters, a fellow called Duncan McLeod. He's yeah. A, uh, popular. He, he's very uh, he's big on trail running, as am I. He was trail running, and he got so caught up in the podcast, he was listening to, he took like a major fall and tore up his leg and his hand and everything else because he was so caught up in the <laughs> podcast he was listening to. He wasn't looking where he was running. So, I mean, you know, that's one interesting and probably good outcome of podcasting. You know, yeah. something you can really get into on your own. But yeah. obviously, we are here to promote podcasts because this is a podcast, and this is the Overclocked underscore z a o v r c l k l l k d sorry oh uh, my goodness yes. so you take out the vowels and 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 the one c <laughs> okay but you leave in the o in you leave in the o <laughs> at the beginning but not the o in the middle <laughs> okay. just keep keep bashing away until you find us because we're on spotify man and yeah. everywhere else yeah, what what are yeah. you up to, Gavin? Um, not a whole lot, but I'm really keen to hear from listeners. Really keen to hear. I'm going to give you my primary email address. That makes you one of only a handful of uh, <laughs> PR companies who have my primary <laughs> email address. It's gavin.dudley at gmail.com. Hit me up. Tell me you like my podcast. We'll do a shout out to you. And please let us know what you'd like us to talk about. Cool, and I am Sharpshooters, S-H-A-R-P-S-C-H-U-T-T-E-R-S, across all of social media. I am everywhere. I am thatopinionguy.co.za. That's my website. That Opinion Guy on YouTube. And, yeah, that's it for this week. Well, we're out. Cheers. Bye. Are you done? Ooh, fuck.